Hi everyone, welcome to the podcast. I'm Kristen and I'm excited to introduce you to my guest today, Carla Carlston. She is the creator of Jot Journals. I love these journals. I love the prompts in these journals. I have bought them for my kids so that they can do their own journaling. And the prompts are my favorite because it helps kids process their emotions, all of their emotions, the good and the bad, the happy, the hard. And one of my favorite questions in there was, I remember reading, who do you have in your corner? And I loved the thought that my girls would be writing in their journal, thinking about something that they are struggling with, and then thinking about who do they have in their corner. Isn't that amazing? So I'm excited to introduce you to her and go check out her journals and go grab one. I think I'm going to grab one for myself after talking to her. I, I want one to, to write in myself. But what I am going to talk to her about today is her struggle with postpartum depression. A few weeks ago, she talked about this and it really resonated with a lot of people as I was reading the comments and it resonated with me. And so I thought I would love to have her on to talk about this. This is something that I, I didn't have postpartum depression, but when I was struggling after having my babies hormonally, especially after my last one, it, w- it hit me really hard. And it was called premenstrual dysphoric disorder. No one had ever told me that was a thing. I had never had a doctor tell me, hey, this is something to look out for. This I, I had never heard of it. I'd heard of PMS. There's a lot of jokes about it. People, you know what I mean? It's kind of a joke, right? And, and it's not fair because it's actually a real, a real thing and it can be really hard. So this premenstrual dysphoric disorder is like the next level, right? And we, she talks a little bit about that, um, postpartum rage and it kind of has to do with that. And all of these hormones that are not our fault that we don't control and we need to know how to handle them. And something that I was able to really get help for, how it helped me so much was even though I still had this, all of a sudden I decided I could actually take care of myself. So then instead of spiraling and spinning out into all of these other thoughts that would create so much more shame and guilt and just pile on something that was already hard, it made it so much easier. And so that's my hope with this podcast is as we talk about these things, postpartum depression and some really difficult struggles that moms face, that instead of making it spiral and layering, making it so much harder than it needs to be, we can normalize it, talk about it, support each other through it. And then it becomes something that we're able to handle that we can, you know, maybe through medication or help in other areas, but we can handle it. It doesn't spin out or spiral and make us feel even worse and make something that's already hard, even harder. So enjoy this conversation with Carla and have a good week. Welcome to the podcast, Carla. I'm so happy to have you here to talk to and tell us all about what you do with your journals. Cause I love them. And, um, but for, first, before we get to that, I want to hear just about yourself. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you for having me. Um, so I, my name's Carla and I run, um, or I created the business Jot Journals. And, but, but before that, I'm a mom. 
So I'm a stay-at-home mom. I have three little guys. Um, I have a four-year-old daughter, a two-year-old son, and an eight-week-old little boy. So my hands are busy and, um, you know, it's kind of in the trenches moments right now, but I'm loving it out at the same time. Yeah. Oh my goodness. That's, that's awesome. It makes me think back to those days for me when my kids were young and how fun it was and long and hard and all of it, but (laughs) But yeah, there's special yeah. times for sure. So what yeah. does JOT stand for? So JOT is an acronym and it stands for journals over time. So when I had this vision to make these journals, I pictured a bookshelf full of journals and I pictured different ones with different prompts inside of it um, because these journals would follow you over time. So they kind of tell your life story over time. Oh, I love that. I actually never, I didn't know that. Um, I've ordered journals from you before, but I didn't know that that's what they stood for. So how did you get into creating journals? Yeah. I mean, honestly, I was in the thick of postpartum depression with my second baby. Um, I don't think I realized I was in it at the time, but I was just feeling really lonely in motherhood. And I was up nursing my then six week old baby. I think he was around six weeks or seven weeks. And it was like three in the morning and I was mindlessly scrolling Instagram, trying to stay awake, nursing this baby. And I just sat there and I just felt like tears on my cheeks thinking, I am so lonely. And I just did the same thing every day. And like, where is Carla in all of this? I don't want to be forgotten. Are my children going to remember me for anything aside from cleaning and, (laughs) you know, like taking care of them. And I want them to know me during this time. And I felt like the best way I could give them that gift would be to journal and to kind of let them like inside my thoughts during that time of my life. And so I got on Google as I'm sitting there and I started looking for different journals that would have prompts that would kind of cover the highs and the lows of my day. Um, And I couldn't find one. And so then I just pulled out my notes um, and I just brainstormed all these different ideas. And that's kind of how they developed. Oh, wow. That is incredible. And as long as I followed you, I really didn't know that you struggled with postpartum depression or that that was an important topic to you until just a couple of weeks ago when we connected over that topic. And I was like, oh my gosh, like some of the things that you said I resonated with. And I thought this would be a great podcast episode to talk about it because so many people, whether it's serious enough to diagnose or if it's just hormonal, all of us experience as women and mothers some sort of, of feelings. Yeah. Yeah. And I think people assume too, that even myself, I thought, Oh, postpartum depression would mean I'm crying all the time, or I'm laying in bed all day and can't get up. And that, that can be one way it manifests. But for me, I've had several different experiences. I've had postpartum anxiety that's resolved quickly. I've had postpartum depression, um, that I didn't realize I had because it manifested through rage. And I had no idea that I thought I was just like overwhelmed that I was just yelling more, you know, or getting angry more quickly, but it, it's actually a manifestation of depression when you have rage. And so, um, once I learned that I realized, oh my gosh, I think I need to get help, you know, and I didn't at the, that was with my second baby. And I wish I would have, but at least I was able to recognize it and think, okay, I, this is postpartum depression. It's not just motherhood. Um, yeah. And it's not just you. 
like something is wrong with you. I think that's what we think too. That's what I would think is something is wrong with me because I shouldn't be feeling this way. Yeah. Yeah. So you didn't get help. So what did you do? Yeah, I didn't. I think I didn't even realize I was scrolling um, on Instagram again with the same baby when I saw the term postpartum rage. Um, And I was like, oh my gosh, what is that? Like, I have that, like everything it said, I was like, that's me. Um, And as I learned more about it and researched it more, and I was like, oh, I, I, I thought I was in the clear. I thought I didn't have any postpartum issues with this second baby. And it turns out I did. And um, I, I didn't get help. I just kind of talked it through with friends and I was just super open about my experience, but I wish looking back, I wish I would have gone and seen my OB. So with this, I just had my third baby and I kind of, um, felt the rage during my pregnancy. So I had perinatal depression. Um, and it was coming back like right as this new baby was born. And I thought, I'm not going to do this by myself again. I don't have to do this by myself. There is help out there and there's no reason I should suffer and feel guilt and go through that cycle all the time. And so I just, uh, my six week checkup, I just got on meds right away. And I just said, and he, he even was like, my OB was like, you're like, you seem like you're doing really well. And I was like, I think I am, but I can feel it. And I know what this feels like. And I don't want this again. So that's awesome. like, okay. And so you trusted yourself. Yeah. And allowed yourself to get help. And cause yeah. that was another thing that I, I would think is I should be able to handle this. Yes. Oh like I, I should be able to handle this and figure it out myself. And so it was hard to reach out to yes. get that help. So, and, and with the rage. So with my first baby, I had, um, like invasive thoughts at the beginning and those were horrible. Like they were horrifying. That was really terrifying for me, for my first baby to have thoughts of hurting myself and hurting her, but they went away pretty quickly. But this, um, when I had the rage and I would be screaming at my two-year-old over the dumbest things that should not be setting me off. That was so shame filled for me. Yeah. So like just full of shame because she's two, you know, and, and I just couldn't believe like the look that would get on her face and the, the guilt afterwards. So I, yeah, I, it was, it's just too much. So you just absolutely get help if you can. Yeah. And I love that you're sharing this because I don't think it's talked about enough. Mm -hmm. And I think even just having girls who I know are going to have, have kids, if, you know, if they have kids one day, I want them to know, okay, you take care of yourself. Notice when things feel off, it's not your fault. Get the help you need and just talk through it with someone. It doesn't always mean you have to go and get medicated, or it doesn't always mean you have to go to therapy, but it just means you have to figure it out and not feel like you should do it alone. Yeah. And the best advice that my OB gave me with my first baby was to just open your door, open your door and your, and like, you know, visualize your heart being opened to other people, um, coming and serving you and helping you and being open about what you're going through. Because I think we live in a society where we shut our doors and, you know, in our perfect little homes and we mm-hmm. want to put on like we have the perfect pictures on Instagram. And that's not, we all know it's not reality, but for some reason we feel this need to put that up. And yeah. so it often leads us to closing our hearts to other people. And once I started opening myself up and sharing my story 
there were women that were coming to bring me dinner and I would just invite them to come in and talk and hold my baby. And just cause I needed someone to talk to. And they, these were older women that would bring me dinner and I would just share, you know what? I've had these really horrible, horrible thoughts. Like it, it wouldn't just, it would come up organically, but, yeah, yeah. um, you know, and they, I had several of them that would just start crying because it was like these mothers who were grandmothers or mothers with teenagers that said, nobody talks about this Yes, openly, you know, and yeah. they, it's like, they were like finally processing their own grief and their own postpartum issues that they yeah. had gone through. So that's so interesting too, because I yeah. do agree. It's like every generation has its own difficulties yeah. or things. And then I do think that we are talking about it more yeah. and it is easier to be open and vulnerable. We're learning so much about it, yes. about mental health, because even when I had my babies, my oldest is, or my youngest is 11. Okay. Um, there just was not a lot of, of talk about mental health back then. Yeah. It really, yeah. it really has been maybe in the last, I don't know, five to 10 years. I was going to say like five years. Yeah. yeah. Where it's become more normal to talk about. Right. And, and it is, it's just like taking care of yourself as if you would take care of your body physically with exercise and eating healthy, but it's like yes. your brain and your mind and your emotional yeah. health is just as important. Yeah. So why oh. are we just barely figuring that out? <laughs> I know. <laughs> even more important, right? Like if your emotional health is out of whack, then you have a hard time getting out of bed and getting your physical health, you know, like it, it really is so important to take care of your mental health. Yeah. Yeah. And I think I talk to my mom sometimes about it and cause she would say kind of the same things. It's like, it wasn't talked about. So, yeah. you know, they had to, they had to deal with it in their own way and, and it was a struggle. So, so it's good that things are becoming yeah. more, more shareable and, and connected. Yeah. That's what I love about social media too. Yeah. You know, I don't hate on social media a whole lot because I think there is so much good there and there's so many ways to connect and it makes yeah. it, that's what we need. Yeah, no, I agree. Especially because I felt, um, and I've talked to other women and I, they, they feel shame with their husbands because, you know, they, this amazing event happened and typically the husband's like on a high, right. Or doing well with it. And the woman is just like, falling apart inside, but afraid to let her husband know, at least that was my mm -hmm. experience and several of my friends. Um, and that's a whole nother thing too. I think men and partners really need to be educated on the signs to look for, because it is hard as the person going through postpartum, um, to sometimes speak up and say, Hey, I need help. Right. Yeah. So it's really important. I think there needs to be a lot more education for partners and spouses, but, um, yeah, it is yeah, important. Sure. I, I, yeah, but I do love social media for that reason because women can connect and hear each other's stories and be like, oh, okay, like I don't have to feel shame talking to my spouse about this, right? And they can gain strength from each yeah, other. Yeah, I totally agree. And I think that with my experience, I, I, if I could look back, I think I, I did experience with each of my kids, it's probably normal hormonal things, but with my last baby, it was the worst. So right. that would have been 2009. And that was what led me to coaching. Cause that was when I just mm. reached a point where I thought I need, I need therapy. Like this isn't yeah. normal. I finally accepted the fact that it wasn't me, that this is not me and I need help. Like, and I remember like a light bulb, like maybe this is why people go to therapy. 
you know, to deal with their emotions, to deal with their struggles. Like I had that light bulb moment that, okay, I'm going to Google. And that's what I did. And it led me down this path of, um, I didn't end up going to therapy, but I got coaching and I learned tools to just manage my own thoughts and notice how I'm feeling and practicing the self-care yeah. and then talking about it with other people feeling like, yeah. okay, this is, it wasn't even like, I mean, it was really hard and I had the rage and the shame and all of that so much. But what was so interesting in my experience was that once I allowed myself to feel like, okay, this is just a hormonal situation that I'm going through and it's okay if I go lay down in my room right now, even if it's dinner time, even if I need to like take care of my kids. So often I would not allow myself to take care of myself like that because I thought I need to be everywhere at once. I need to do all the things. Maybe that was the generation of like 2000 to 2010. It's like we were Pinterest and like had to do all of the things. You know what I mean? I don't know. Yeah. Interesting, interesting thing to think about, but where I felt like I had to do all the things. And once I was like, Oh, I could, I really, I could just decide to go lay down in my bed and let my kids spend for themselves or tell my husband, Hey, I'm going to go lay down and not feel like a lazy, terrible. I could just do that and think I'm taking care of myself. This is what I need. I'm not a terrible mom. And just that shift, that was really all I needed over time that helped me manage all of those, those emotions. So they didn't escalate. So I think, you know, you're at a certain level and then you feel the guilt and the shame and it just escalates. Right. And then you're, and you end up like resenting, you resent your kids, you resent motherhood, you resent everything you have to do, all the tasks and And then there's no joy and you lose the joy in this blessing that you've been wanting your whole life. Right. And so, yeah. right. Yeah. So I would think about it. Like I was spiraling, like I would spin out and then I would be in the spiral and I yeah. just, I could feel it. I would know that this is happening and, and yeah, it's, it's not fun, but also when you know you're not alone, it makes it a lot easier to yeah. get the help you need. Yeah. And I've been saying in my head just this past week, Um, because I feel the pressure so much and I, I like to be, um, proactive and productive. I like to get things done I have a newborn and I have really little kids with really big needs. And I just had to say, take a step back, um, and get that phrase out of my head. Cause it's really easy to be like, okay, I know I can't do all the things, but like technically I could. Right. So I've had to change that phrase in my head of, I won't do all the things. Yeah. Because, and I mean, technically I could, I could do everything I wanted, but I would always be missing something, right? Like I could, I could be cleaning instead of taking the nap that I desperately need during my kid's nap time. Um, but I've just decided, like you said, like you to lay down at dinner, if you need to lay down, you know, know? it it was like, really, that was like a novel idea. Yeah. (laughs) It just seems kind of silly at the, you know, when you look back and think about it. Yes. Like, oh my goodness, go lay down, (laughs) take care of yourself. Don't feel guilt and shame over it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I love that. And it reminds me of the phrase, when you say no to one thing, you're saying yes to something else. Mm -hmm. And so, and so really being able to choose and being intentional about what it is you're you're doing. Cause there is never a point where you're like, okay, I'm doing all of the things that I want to do. Right. There's that mountain doesn't end. It just keeps no. getting higher and higher. Yeah. And then you're always going to be like, okay, well, I'll 
you know, take that bubble bath tomorrow. And when I've got the house clean mm -hmm. and it just, it doesn't happen. And, and just go take the bath, you know, or go yeah. read the book or go take a nap and everything will still be how it is. And it's okay. But yeah. you will have taken care of yourself and given yourself those few minutes. And that, that is what really matters. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. You did a post on Instagram and I really, I really, it really resonated with me and it was on remembering the joy, sorrow, and all of the things in between that we experience in motherhood. And I think that's what your journals are about too. And that's why I loved your journals and why I got them for my girls for Christmas, because I just thought this is so helpful. Like I love emotional health and I love being able to normalize all emotions. Like we're not supposed to be happy all the time. Yeah. It's okay. And so I really loved your prompts of what is hard. And then yeah. one of the things was like, well, who do you have in your corner? And so they yeah. would write, you know, who they had in their corner and just being able to take the time to think about those questions and answer them, I think is incredible. Oh, thank you. I'm glad. I'm glad your girls have liked them. Yeah. So how do you remember and document these times in your life? So when you were so busy, I mean, you are so busy, you have young kids and you journal. I feel like for me, yeah. sometimes it's hard to be still and do that journaling. Yeah. How do you find the time to do it? Um, right now I'm working on waking up just a little bit before my kids, just because I've tried to find time during the, during the day and it doesn't happen. It really doesn't. Um, but if I can get up even like 15 minutes before my kids and just have a little bit of time to myself um, and not get straight on my phone and not just scroll, mm -hmm. you know, like kind of the wake up scroll, but just just sit and I write my goal for the day. I write my affirmations and my gratitude because the journal is broken up. So you could wake up and do it in the morning if you want and reflect at night. Um, and so I just do that. And that's been really helpful for me. Or I do it at night. If I've missed a morning, I do it at night. I love that. I want to get a journal now for myself so that I can, I can do these journals and prompts, yeah. you know, I, I feel like too, as moms, I'm like, okay, I want my kids to have all the things and do all the things. Right. And I'm like, I should actually be doing this. This would be really good. Right. Because they're yeah. going to, that's my other thought. Like some people journal just for themselves, but at least for me, I want my kids to pull these down one day, even if they're really hard to read in certain aspects, I really want them to pull them down and like, know me, you know, and really like, I don't know. Sometimes I find myself craving to know my ancestors and to know what they did and how they thought. Um, and that's why I created these journals. A big part of it was for my own emotional well-being, but also because I wanted my kids to have this legacy of me and be able to look at me like, well, mom, she really struggled. Like she was not what I thought she was, but also she was able to find the magic moments and the highs yeah. and the blessings in each day, even though she was having a really hard day that particular day, you know, and I right. hope that they will draw strength from it knowing, okay, if she's had hard days and my hard days are, they're normal and they're okay. And right. they're acceptable. Yeah. What an example that would oh, be for them. I think that is incredible. And, and I think that is so important because it, I think too, as moms, we sometimes get into that trap where we want to be perfect. Right. But I, I kind of think back to, well, if I am this perfect mom and I do everything perfect for my kids, I am setting them up to feel like they need to be that perfect mom. And that's impossible. And yeah. so that allowed me to just relax too. And yeah. not feel it's okay not to be perfect. 
And when we make mistakes and we apologize and we normalize that. So I love that through your journals with your kids being able to read them, even the hard and honest things, knowing that's, that's a full life that you were living. Yes. I love that phrase. Yeah, Yeah. absolutely. Oh, well, is there anything else that you would like to share? Tell my listeners where they can find you, find your journals. Yeah. So you can find me the best way is through Instagram. So just, um, search jot underscore journals, and then you can find my website and other links, um, through there. And then you can order a journal if you'd like. Okay. Awesome. Thank you so much. So one of the questions that I like to ask those I interview is how do you parent in the middle? And you are a parent. I talk a lot about parenting teens, but you are in the trenches of young kids and babies. So what does that look like for you? Yeah. Um, I've been thinking about this question a lot when, when you sent it originally. And, um, I do a lot of talking about our feelings and I name feelings all the time. Um, so they have very big emotions and they don't know where to put them. Right. And so we just, we name those feelings a lot. And then I really believe in giving my children, um, choices. So choices that I feel like I put a boundary in place for them. Um, and I'm comfortable with either choice, but one of the choices might not be, you know, it might end up making them upset, but that's their choice. Right. So I like to give them the freedom to make a choice, um, within my own parameters. (laughs) So good. Thank you so much, Carla. It's been a pleasure to talk to you. Thank you so much for joining me. And I'm excited to share this. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Yeah. We'll talk to you later. Thank you for listening to the Parenting in the Middle podcast. I am so grateful you're here. I'm excited to announce that my group coaching course is now open for enrollment. You will get access to seven videos and eight live coaching sessions all over eight weeks. You will learn and apply actionable tools that will help you be a more confident and decisive parent. And because us moms like to put everyone else's needs before our own, you'll also learn how to set your own personal goals and actually achieve them. Send me an email at kristengoodman at parentinginthemiddle.com to get on the interest list. You can also find more information on my show notes or on my Instagram page at Kristen Goodman Coaching. I can't wait to see you there.